Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of How to Scale Your Business. This is your host, Eric Corey. And today on the podcast, I have Jonathan Evendeen, President and CEO of Aegis Information Technology Solutions. How are you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thanks for asking. So what's up? What's going on? Tell us about your business. So we do IT consulting. Uh, that typically means that we cater to small businesses mostly. And by that, I would say our core business comes from clients with five to 25 computers. We certainly have and do work with much bigger companies than that. But the the clients that I have found the easiest to pick up and retain are in sort of that sweet spot. They are people that will typically not have internal IT resources per se. Maybe someone on staff, uh, an office manager, or well, let's be honest, a younger employee might have some proficiency in fixing computers, but they're they're not going to have the expertise for setting up servers, managing firewalls, addressing a website, running security, and locking down the network. And so we come in as technology consultants and provide solutions for managing equipment, managing networks, line of business software. We do a significant amount of line of business software support. We do uh, remote access for people who need to work remotely, managing security, managing backups, uh, basically, if it involves technology, we are helping them with that. We do phone system work. We do websites. We have done some software development for clients. Uh, yes. So the answer is yes. <laughs> if it's uh, if we do it, in the, if you're asking for the technology uh, sector, we basically do it. Other than printers, that's about the one. The one thing that we really don't want to touch is managed printer solutions. So yeah, we and it's. It's largely local. We're located in Kingsport, Tennessee, so northeast uh, section of Tennessee, but we go significantly into the southwest of Virginia because it's a badly underserved area. I have been down to North Carolina for some support calls. Uh, Knoxville is about two hours away. We do have clients in Knoxville. But the majority of our, our base are people that we can get to for when there's a physical problem. So that is a very quick overview of the type of work that we like to do. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Jonathan. And, you know, can you uh, share with us how you got started? I got fired from my previous job. <laughs> in all seriousness. No, I, uh, in all seriousness, yes, that's what happened. I have, um, I've been in consulting since 2006. And I've been fixing computers since, uh, let's just call it junior high. So like mid 90s. I have wanted to work for myself for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my previous employer got ill, uh, very, very sick, actually. And so I was running his company for a period of time. And when he got well enough that he started looking at day-to-day stuff, it was, it was clear that he wasn't ever going to fully recover. Uh, but I made the mistake of asking his wife if I could buy the business. And uh, it's a family business, and, and I got fired the next day. So it was, it was a valuable life lesson. Um, I... I in, in retrospect, I was, you know, this, this was about 12 years ago, and, and I would go back and give my advice, advice to myself to say that was probably not a great move. Uh, in fact, it was a terrible move, but that's, that's frequently how, how we learn those kinds of life lessons. And so I was like, we, I need work. Uh, the area that we were in is, is not a whole lot of options. And I wanted to work for myself for a long time. I really had. And so I just, started cold calling and knocking on doors. I joined a, a BNI network and just started working. And it was great. And I love it. And I love working for myself. 
Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And can you, can you walk us over through your uh, business strategy for us? Um, so the, in terms of how we, we have, uh, let me put it this way. Referrals have been our number one way of obtaining clients. I did have to do cold calling for about the first six months and I, I hate cold calling. I have, I have friends and clients that love cold calling and I am not, I'm not one of those people. It's very much a personality thing. I would rather get to know people in a more personal thing than just randomly go up to somebody and ask them if they, if they're having computer problems. So the, the best thing that I've done for meeting people and for getting referrals has been the professional networking group that I'm in. And what that does is I have a group of people that are similar to myself, either salespeople or business owners, and we're out looking for referrals for each other. And so that's personal connections from people that we know, like, and trust, which are the best people to do business with. And so that has been absolutely foundational for us to grow our business because it's not just me knocking on a door or paying for an ad and hoping to catch the right person. It's this person has a computer problem now. This person has an email problem right now. This person has got this message on their screen saying that their computer's been locked by Microsoft and they need to call this number to get it fixed. So that's a, those are, that means I have a group of people that are actively looking for issues and referrals functioning as a sales team for me. And I'm doing the same thing for them. And so that has been absolutely foundational for how I've grown a small business in an area that is not a, a large city or a large metropolis. And even from, even beyond that, asking for referrals from existing clients has been great because when people are happy, they won't necessarily think to refer you, but if you ask them for referrals and they're happy with your work, uh, we have generally received a very positive response and people will actively look for opportunities for us. So what you're not hearing is I'm spending a ton of money on marketing. Um, I'm, I'm not, I do spend money on online. I do want to show up well for search engine. And we have been seeing a marked increase in calls from the website because I, as I've been paying for more online, but that's only been recently. And for me recently, we've been in business for uh, uh, since 2012. And I've only started paying for online advertising and, and improving my online presence in the past, call it three years. So it, is, it was not something that I needed to do and it was not something that I wanted to do for a large period of time. Uh, part of that has been, I've wanted to maintain a slow but steady growth. Uh, I have seen competitors in the area where they grew too fast and there was quality of service problems where either they would be churning text or they would be hiring people and because the people were brand new, they wouldn't know what to do. And then clients are saying, why are we paying for you to train your employees? And it's just, a, it's just complaints that I would hear regularly. So my, my goal has been to maintain consistent growth, but I don't want to get to the point where I've got to hire 10 people, send them on site, and then they don't know what they're doing because that makes everyone look bad. Right. No, yeah, I completely get it. And so what's changed in the last three years that you want to start, uh, you know, spending some money on marketing, especially online? Um, I, uh, well, COVID, <laughs> that, that of COVID course. changed a lot. Yeah, COVID changed a, a huge amount. Um, one, one immediate logistical problem for us is that we had been subcontracting things like uh, data cabling and phone system work uh, to one of my friends, and he actually passed away during COVID. And so, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, it's, yeah, it's it, I feel it, it was uh, yeah, it was terrible. And so that left a huge gap for us. So we just started doing cabling and we just started doing phone systems. 
Um, part of that was also the fact that COVID was really rough and I needed new sources of revenue. And so we started looking at, instead of, instead of depending just on IT services, strictly as we had been doing it, um, I was forced to confront that I was not diversified enough. And so adding phones has resulted in residual income for us that I wasn't getting before. Data cabling has opened up significant project work for us. Actually, that's, that's what I'm doing today is a, a last minute cabling job. And a lot, I know other IT companies won't want to do the work and they'll frequently subcontract it out to a low voltage company or, or something along those lines. I've said, we're going we're gonna to make money on it. And it's stuff that we like to do. And it's stuff that is going to end up in our field anyway, because you've got to terminate it and test it and plug it up. So we're perfectly fine doing that kind of work. And it's added significantly to our bottom line. So that, that uh, in conjunction with um, needing to find new sources of revenue. So there was new services that we added because of COVID. And I, I realized that I was not diversified also in how I was acquiring clients. And so that's when I decided to make a concerted effort to start paying for more online presence. And that's, that's done well. We've, we've gotten a marked improvement with our customer base and I'm getting people that I wouldn't have found otherwise. So it's just been, I could spend more money on it. I've not really wanted to. Uh, I'm happy with our, I'm happy with where our growth is. Uh, the last person I hired has been here for about a year. So now, now I'm asking myself, okay, what do I need to do to get, get the next employee? Because now, now that I've got a, you know, I've got a crew of three people besides myself. They've all got enough experience where I can just send them places and not be too concerned about it. So now I'm ready to say, okay, what do I need to do? Where, where does the business need to be to bring on the next person? And that's just how we've grown. And that's how, um, you know, what we don't want to just start adding services and doing everything, but I want to make sure that it fits into it fits into our core competencies. And if we if we haven't been doing it, what is it going to take for me to get get proficient at it? Do I need to buy software? Do I need to buy tools? Um, and just what's it going to take to get to that? So, yeah, we really want to make sure that we're not too dependent on one source of clients, and we want to make sure that we're not too dependent on one source of services. And that's really helped us grow as well. Gotcha. That makes a ton of sense. And as a quick side note, can you just tell us about uh, data cabling a little bit? I'm not sure that everyone knows what that is. Okay. So that would be running the physical cables for whether it's a, an IP camera system or uh, a printer or a network, it's all going over Ethernet. And so gotcha. like one of my, we're, we're, we've got a client that's moving. And so we've got boxes of cables and we're just running them to all the different spots. And then in this case, we got to cut, you know, cut some holes in the walls and put the face plates on and tone it out, test it out, make sure everything's good. Awesome. It's awesome. It's labor intensive and I've had to buy, uh, you know, I've had to buy equipment that I didn't do it before, but it's, we really like the work. Like it's, it's physical labor that we actually enjoy doing. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, before I asked you what data cabling was, uh, you're talking about some, uh, new services maybe in the future. What, what were you thinking about? So one of the things that we added this year, um, was sending out phishing emails. So what I mean by that is we've got some clients that are paying us to send phishing emails to the staff for the purposes of training and testing. So we are custom designing high quality phishing emails. I'm registering custom domains. And then we've also got landing pages that are either asking for credentials, put in your email, you know, click here for this, uh, click here for that. And we're just, 
we're, we're helping train the staff to recognize uh, what are common attempts, and we're, we're giving them the opportunity to fail in a way that is not going to result in financial loss to the company. Um, that actually was not something that I had ever really considered, but one of my employees, like one of the things that I want to do, and I make a specific effort to do this, is to see what my employees want to learn and what they're interested in. And one of my employees was very interested in doing some stuff with Linux and some other projects. And I said, okay, well, here's, here's something that we could turn around and bill people for. Let's get this set up and see how it works. And so he has really enjoyed doing that. And I'm, I'm excited because now it's a new service that we're able to add. It's adding value to our customers and it's helping increase security for them. So it's, it's, a, it's a win for everybody. And he's, he's excited because now he's getting to learn a new tool set and, uh, and we all win in this case. Awesome. Yeah. I, th- I think, you know, phishing email services, really interesting. Um, you know, it's such a big problem in the United States. I'm sure all over the world too, but I constantly see on the news, uh, Hey, watch out for this phishing scam or this phishing email. It's yep. uh, been going the round. So I think educating, you know, companies and, and their employees about, Hey, like here's some, the new phishings that are going around and, and using that and kind of dropping it into their inboxes as a, as a test to, you know, for their employees to practice, to not, basically open those emails and, and put in that information is super valuable. Yep. Um, cool. So I know you, you've talked a lot about referrals uh, for growing your business and, you know, also referring people in your business network to help grow their businesses as well. But is there anything else that you've been doing or any tactics or tools that you've been using to grow your business? We're a pretty, based on where we are, um, there's maybe a population size. Bristol's got like 20,000. I'd say both sides. Uh, you're talking like 40, 50. I think, I think the numbers are there's about 150,000 people in what's called the Tri-Cities area. It's Kingsport, Bristol, and Johnson City. Uh, although it's, the area has grown substantially because it's one of the top five destination places in the U.S., at least it has been. So we've got people flocking here from out of state. And so uh, it, it's a, even, even with all the people moving here, it's still a very close community so that was that was actually a hurdle at first because i was a new guy and i was from out of town and no one knew who i was and so it it i spent a lot of time trying to find where are the immediate fires that i can put out and demonstrate competence and expertise uh, but now that i've been here for i've been in the area for 12 years um, business for 11 uh, we're, we're getting more name recognition uh, and more yeah, just more, more people knowing who we are and more doors are opening just as a result of longevity. So that would, that would definitely look different um, in other parts of the country. I grew up near Los Angeles. I spent 13 years outside New York City. That would not work nearly as well. I'd have to be paying a lot more for marketing and spending more marketing efforts to pick, pick up that uh, level of business. So the ref- because it just basically because it's a much tighter, close-knit environment, we have been able to do better with referrals and i am but i am still at the same time looking at well how can i maximize more return with additional online marketing because that's where that's where people are a lot of people will will spend time online and look for services and and issues online and so uh, i would never consider running anything in the newspaper for example There are certain there certainly are lines of advertising and marketing that I just wouldn't consider. So that's why it sounds like uh, that's why it sounds like I talk about online. Uh, 
some of my competitors will run billboards, for example. I don't know how much they get from that. I just sort of ignore billboards when I drive. Uh-huh. Somebody's, somebody's paying for it, so it's obviously working for somebody. Right, right. So c- can you speak to any like KPIs or metrics that you use to define success for your business? Um, yeah, so basically I have, a, I have a good idea of how much billable time each person should be generating. Now, sometimes project work is different from actual billable time. And, and let, me, let me preface this by saying our service model from how my employees bill is very closely similar to how attorneys bill because mm-hmm. we're consultants that are on the clock. So we are typically billing in, say, half-hour increments if it's remote or we've got on-site minimums plus travel depending on where they are and who they are if we go on-site. So each client is different, but that's generally how we work it. So one of the first things I'm looking at is how many billable hours each person is getting. And that, that helps decide if, if I'm too busy or not busy enough or uh, if this person is doing more work than the other person. We also have a ticketing system. So I'm looking at how many tickets do we have. Um, I, don't, I don't lean into that too heavily because you can always play games with tickets. You can always mm-hmm. uh, close your tickets quickly and then reopen a new one. You know, like there's, I, it's valuable information, but I don't, I don't necessarily make significant business decisions simply on tickets KPI because that, that turns up that turns out to be bad. But really the billable hours as well as the overall company gross net is going to be um, like the PL for the month is, is a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. Because if I if I if I do a ten thousand dollar project but it costs me nine thousand dollars in hardware, that's not as great as if I do a five thousand dollar project and it's all profit. <laughs> I'd right. rather have that of one. course. <laughs> so, so you know being, yeah, so being a... billable hours is a big one. Gotcha. Great. Um, so being a technology company, how are you staying up to date with the newest trends and newest information coming into the industry? Yeah, that's a great question. So I will say I spend a significant amount of time on the sysadmin and MSP Reddit subs. There's a great amount of people that hang out there. There's also a professional networking nonprofit group that I'm involved in, um, the old name was LOPSA, League of Professional System Administrators. Uh, we've got a, I, I'm actually on the board of a local chapter in Knoxville, and it's called ESSA, is what we've called ourselves. And so we get together once a month and basically have a presentation on some topic, whether it's soft skills, hard skills, whether it's talking about a project they've done. Uh, but that, that is an opportunity for me to network with other IT professionals in a way that's not like a bunch of competitors trying to, trying to tear each other down. I, I, I go there because I'm hanging out with people that are much, much smarter than I am. And I always learn stuff from them. So I'm, I'm looking for communities where I can interact with people who are uh, frenemies, if you want to call it that, or just not necessarily in my initial, in, in my immediate space. There's a couple of Facebook groups I'm on that I found helpful. Um, so yeah, basically, I, I sort of have to go elsewhere to find people that are in my industry, but not directly competing with me that are willing to interact with me and help me learn from it. So, but yeah, the, it is basically a full-time job trying to keep up with things and keep up with trends. Uh, some vendors like Microsoft, you stick their finger, they stick their fingers in the wind and say, okay, what are we going to change today? And I just cry every time I see the patch notes because <laughs> they, you know, you're used to doing something in Office 365. You're like, oh, hey, we're going to change it today. And I'm like, please, no. <laughs> what do I have to do different now? 
The KB article from six months ago is now completely invalidated. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> but I, I get your pain. So I understand where you're coming from. So so tell me, like, what's a typical day like for you? Like, what, what's the day like? Um, what I love about this job is there's not, there's not really a typical day. Um, it depends on what I have lined up. It's break, fix, IT. So we really never know what the day is going to be. Uh, we have, uh, you know, like today I knew I had a cabling job. So I show up on site and when I get there, the guy asks for additional drops. And I'm like, well, great. That just means more money. So I'm always good with that. We have no problems with that because he's going to pay us for, you know, more than, than what we were going to talk about. Uh, while in the middle of doing that, I get a call from another client that they're having some issue uh, with some line of business offers. Okay. So now I've got an employee working on that. You know, it's, it's, it's great. I love the, I never have the same day twice. When I was in-house IT, it would get into routines and I would, I would get bored. And it's not that the work was boring. It's just that I would get bored because I had way more days that were way more similar to each other, if that makes sense. Whereas here, I might have a project start early and go all day. I might have some emergency that I drop everything and I run to that. And I just, I get really excited about that. I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it sounds like you're super busy to me and it's something that, you know, as an entrepreneur, entrepreneur myself. So how do you manage your work-life balance? Uh, so I, I definitely have priorities. Um, my, I do have, a, I do have a family. And so weekends I make, I make a specific effort to be around for that and take care of things on the weekend for sure. Um, I make a specific effort to um, spend time with my son after hours and make sure that we're doing, doing a bunch of things uh, that has been, that has been rough, especially starting out when it was just me, that was terrible. Uh, Cause in order to get off the ground, I was, I was waking, I was working way too much. And one of the blessings has been getting people that I trust, that I can say, okay, I don't have to jump and run to this emergency. They can take care of it. That has been so freeing. And that has allowed me to uh, be, feel comfortable. I, I'd say, I'd say feel more comfortable with, with not having to be the one to save the day, if that makes sense. But that has really allowed me to be, feel more comfortable to say, okay, I'm going to go do this with my family instead. And I, I wish I had started having this attitude sooner. It took a lot of pain and, and effort to get to that point and to begin to see those realizations. Um, but it's, there's a hard reality that if you want a successful business and be able to get people in, there's going to, it's going to take a lot of time. Of that's course. Just, that's just, unless, unless you have money, <laughs> if you have plenty of money, then you don't necessarily need to spend all the time. Uh, I did not. And so my, I made that up for having a bunch of time put into it, especially initially. Gotcha. Yeah. And, you know, the last question I have for you is, uh, you know, what advice would you give to other business owners looking to get into your industry? Uh, if they're looking to get in my industry, not around here. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, so that is that is actually a very common question on the MSP subreddit. And the, the point where I see clients fail the most is where they get excited about a task but they don't 
understand or know the business side. So they might be a good attorney or a good dentist or have a cool manufacturing idea, but that doesn't mean that they understand how to run a business, how to market, how to sell, how to collect money. And the whole, because the business side is a completely separate skill and it requires a completely different set of skills versus being an electrician or being a plumber or being a carpenter. And so for people who are interested in starting their own work or starting their own MSP or starting, uh, starting a business, I would, I would encourage them to take business classes, get something, get a basic understanding of accounting. I'm blessed that I have a business degree. That was actually, that's, that's what I have a business degree in, from college. And I, I have profited greatly from that. And I really, I actually really enjoyed finance and accounting when I studied at college. So that doesn't mean, that doesn't automatically mean you're going to do well in business, but it does mean that there are a number of uh, facets and aspects to the business side that I'm, I walked in knowing that there's still plenty of hard knocks. There's still plenty of difficult lessons to learn. That doesn't mean I, I showed up and knew everything right away, but it did mean that uh, I, I would say I had an advantage of having these classes where clients that I've seen struggle far more uh, frequently are the ones who have not had classes and not had basics of accounting or basics of marketing uh, and all the other things that go into running the business side. Perfect. Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the show. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you or do you have any offers for them that they can take advantage of? Um, my, the, the, the main phone number is 423-343-5160. Uh, that's, that's our, that's our phone number. We, uh, also you can reach me, uh, Jonathan at thinkagis.com. That's T-H-I-N-K-A-E-G-I-S.com. And, uh, I would love to, I would love to be able to help people with phishing, for example. That's something that that works well. Uh, that's a great security measure. We've already got a number of, of high quality templates and landing pages, and I'd be willing to see about uh, giving a discount if they're coming from your podcast for sure. Cool. Jonathan, thank you so much. It's, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me come on your show.